Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Friends with Books. I am one of your FWBs. Read reviews by Jess or just Jess. And I am your other FWB, booked with Emily or just M. And we are so excited to finally be here (laughs) and be recording because we've done that intro 10 times. We've had to sign in, log out, test the mics, test the headphones about 50 times. So (laughs) I just need you guys to appreciate our dedication to you (laughs) because this was a fucking nightmare. Literally, I... Thank God we figured this out. Well, it wasn't even an us problem. Emily's internet just decided to take a big fat dump. (laughs) And so (laughs) we were like, why isn't this working? She kept freezing. I'm, I swear to God, you guys, I did that intro nine times that you just heard. She did. And at one, I had one really good variation that I loved, but that just took a crap. So. This is what we left with. But regardless of our intro, this episode is going to be amazing because we are covering something that is very, very highly requested and an FAQ, if you will, for Emily and I both. And that is how to get started on Bookstar, all the tips and tricks we have to offer you guys. And You know, I don't really know who gave us the authority or the right to be here to talk about this, but no one's here to stop us either. So we're just gonna give you all the insight we have and and hopefully you guys take it and run with it. And if it doesn't work, don't come at us. Yeah, honestly. And this isn't even just like how to get started, just like our tips on how to do bookstagram, how to be successful, maybe if you will, on Bookstagram, um, because we get that question all the time from from Bookstagrammers, like, how did you grow your platform? How how are you consistent with content? Like, X, Y, and Z. So now we're here to talk about it all. We are. But before we do that, we're going to do a little fun, 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 fun. yeah, fun, yeah, quiz. Question. <laughs> oh yeah, this is not a quiz. It's just questions that my lazy-eyed friend. <laughs> oh, what a bitch! But facts, factual. No, so this is actually, and we will talk about this later. But this is a bookstagram quiz or a bookstagram challenge that um someone on bookstagram made up, and I participated in it. And the picture she's referencing that goes along with this challenge, I. My my right eye is definitely leaning a little far to the to the left. It's it's definitely not focused on the camera. Uh, so. Okay, to be fair, like I'm not a huge bitch. She literally says she has a lazy eye in the picture. I do. So I'm capitalizing on the joke. So no, I do though. Um, I like to make fun oh, okay. of myself so other people can't make fun of me and hurt my feelings. I don't think you have a lazy eye. It's, I just think your t- head is tilted in just the one eye as well. Emily actually does have a lazy eye in real life, though. No, I do. And I don't have my glasses on. My right eye strays a little bit. <laughs> but you, you know can't what? really notice it, though. Let's just get to the freaking questions, okay? <laughs> I've hurt my own damn feelings at this point. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Question number one. What's a genre you stay away from? Um, I tend to steer clear of 
sci-fi, not a big sci-fi girl. I don't really like memoirs or non-fictions. Um, I really like the, the fiction, the fake stuff. And also historical fiction. I think it's incredibly boring. I don't really care about history that much. So basically those three genres, but never say never, you know? Yeah, I think I'm pretty much exactly the same. I, If you know me or if you heard me say this before, I don't read nonfiction because real life is hard. Try as I might. I'm like, I'm going to read a self-help book. Bitch, no the fuck no, you're not going to read a self-help book. As much as you need to, No. Um, so that's a no for me. That includes memoirs, but also historical fiction. I tend to stay away from as well, just because I feel like it go, it covers like depressing eras. Uh-huh. So that's kind of like the same, same boat as like real life is hard. So I'd stay away from those two, but I don't mind sci-fi. I don't know if I've actually ever read sci-fi, but I feel like I wouldn't mind it. Maybe you'll be a sci-fi girl this year. Who knows? I don't know. Okay, next right. question. What is your worst habit as a reader? Ooh. Um, I think, I don't think this is a bad habit, but I think most people would be upset with me. But, like, I don't take the best care of my books in terms of, like, I dog ear them. I will crack a spine. Not intentionally, but I just don't try not to. And also, like, I kind of just, like, throw my books. Like, I'll throw it off the bed or, like, I'll, you know what I mean? Sometimes a dog steps on it. It it happens. And and they're fine, usually. Yeah. I would say that is a bad habit. But I have (laughs) – I'm not able to judge you because I – I intentionally crack a spine. I love the feeling of, like, getting a fresh book and, like, opening it to that middle section and just, like, cracking it. Oh, it holds so much better in your hands. I, I too, dog ear pages, which is a big books to no-no. However, I don't like when the covers of my books get bent or when there's watermarks or when there's rips or Mm. tears. So I don't care what the inside looks like necessarily, but I do like them to look pretty on my shelf. So very similar to you, I guess. I feel like this is going to be the situation the whole way down these questions, basically. (laughs) Except for this next one, because we are quite opposite. Do you read the synopsis? Yes. Yes. 99.9% of the time, I know exactly what the plot's going to be about before going into the book. And 50% of the time, I know how the book's going to end before I even finish the book. But to me, I just have a more enjoyable reading experience that way. I don't stress. I don't get anxiety. I don't worry about what's going to happen. I know how it's going to end. And then I enjoy all the what ifs leading up to that. So I, I do read the synopsis. Yeah, I definitely don't. I think I am probably the queen of judging a book by its cover or by its author. Um, And I I don't know. I just I could not tell you the last time I've read a synopsis of a book. Literally, when Emily is reading a book, Emily, Emily, Emily is is reading a book um, and telling me about it. I'm literally like, please stop. Like, I don't want to know this. That's not what she says. Even if I ask her. That's that's not what she says at all. I say, shut the fuck up. I don't want to hear this. She'll say, oh, what's it about? And then I'll say, oh, what's about Emily? Shut the fuck up. Why are you telling me this? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> no, I do not say that. I think we have it on recording that you actually do say that to me. I just say it as mean. Um, okay, moving on. <laughs> do you read used books? No, I don't read used books. I don't, like, I mean, I've gotten books from a little free library before. 
I've never read them. <laughs> just but them. I just got it for the experience. <laughs> so you're just um, taking these free books away from people <laughs> who really need them just to experience it. <laughs> I put some in there. I put it I put better ones in there, arguably so. Okay. Whatever so you I really did the community a favor. <laughs> What about you? Um, no, I do not read used books as well. That's not to say that I won't borrow one from my sister or from Jess or that's about it. I just, this <laughs> makes me, I I truly do not mean to come off snobby here, but I genuinely get creeped out. I know how I read a book. My hands get sweaty. I'm eating, you know, then I lick my fingers or like maybe I'll pick my nose and put my fingers back on the book. Like it just grosses me out to like touch someone else's, like a stranger's booger hands, you know? So. Yeah. Remind me to never borrow a book <laughs> <I know>. from you. <laughs> I cannot relate to doing any of those things. I actually... Okay, wait. I'm so embarrassed. I actually just sold so many books on Bookstagram. So I'll cut this part out. I'm just totally kidding, guys. If you re- if you were listening to this, I don't wipe boogers on my pages. But you know what I mean? Like, your hands do get sweaty. Like, I'm just a... I'm a freak about having things on my hands. Weird I, thing to say if it's not something you actually do. That's true. Okay, guys. So, moral of the story, if you bought books from Emily, make sure you wipe them with a sanitizer. Here's the second moral of the story is I (laughs) wash my hands probably more than anyone. I get really grossed out with things on my hands. I don't like lotion on my hands. I don't like, like, I just, I wash my hands so much. And so, I don't know, it just grosses me out. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, favorite book from last year, which is... Nice, because we just did our our favorite reads of the year, and it is very early in 2023. So we remember them, was my point. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, My very favorite book from 2022, uh, my top three were really close, but my very favorite is um, Zodiac Academy, and it is a bully romance, dark academia series, and I can't recommend it enough. Yeah, fantasy. um, I recommend it to everyone so definitely read that but that's my favorite series from last year um my favorite book from last year was after i do by taylor jenkins reed if you are a frequent listener you know i talk about this book probably more than any other book um (laughs) but yeah that's what i would say that's a good one okay um what is your favorite classic what's a classic yeah i don't even know what this means class like a i feel like classic I feel like the classics now are like Colleen Hoover. Yeah, right. I don't have a favorite classic. I'll just say it. I don't read. Yeah, I don't either. I steer clear of classics. I don't find enjoyment out of them at all. I'm too dumb. Yeah, you're a dumb, dumb lollipop. Oh, okay. But same. What's What's a book you always recommend? Um, honestly, I think Colleen Hoover is just like a really safe bet. I recommend like if someone's just starting to read and asks me where to start, I usually recommend like Ugly Love, Verity, It Ends With Us. I just I think it's really safe. Um, So probably anything by Colleen Hoover. I love that. And I, I think I agree. I think my go to I have two. Number one, After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I'll always <laughs> recommend that book. 
um, to anyone who will listen to me. And then I also always recommend for like a fun rom-com with a little bit of steam, Josh and Hazel's Guide to Not Dating. I love that book so much. That's a really good one. I recommend that one too, actually. Like after Colleen Hoover, I usually move on to Christina Lauren because I think they're really like, you know, you're gonna have an enjoyable, safe read. So I agree there. Agree. Um, What is your current read at the moment? What is not my current read at the moment is the better question. (laughs) Um, So I have been reading the Mindfuck series by S.T. Abbey. Um, And this is like it's five books in the series, but they're pretty short. They're all like under 150 pages, I would say. Um, Are they novellas or they... Are they considered novellas? I don't know. That's what I... Because they are... I don't know. Like, is it a series of novellas? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Or are they just short books? I don't know. Like, what is the difference? But I would probably consider them novellas. Um, But it's about a female serial killer. um, And she starts dating an FBI agent, like, by chance. So um, they're really... They're not as... So the covers are, like, literally just a woman posed in, like, lingerie and, like, looking very scandalous. And they're very much not that steamy. Yeah. Um, So I was surprised. But I'm really enjoying those. I'm also reading an arc of Jasper Vale, which is the fourth book in the Eden series. And, yeah, a couple other things. But I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I am reading... I only read one book at a time, so I am reading Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. And to be honest with you, I actually don't really know what this book is about. I'm only about 60 pages in, and it's very different from what I normally read. There's three points of view. It's all told in third person, but there's, like, three different people, like, in a chapter. I don't know. But one of the points of view is from an octopus, like, literally, like, in an aquarium. Um but the reviews for it are just phenomenal. Okay, what is a book you look forward to reading? Um, oh god. 2023 is honestly a stacked year. I feel like of like releases coming out. I just did um my like anticipated books coming out, like a post on my personal bookstagram and there's so many of them. I ooh. Um, I guess if we're talking about series, I look forward to reading the Throne of Glass series. I'm a series girl, so I'll just say Throne of Glass series. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Um, oh god, I don't even know at this point in my life. Like, what am I not looking forward to? <laughs> I'm really excited to read um Jasper Vale, which I'm currently reading, but um, that comes out this year, and then also Crimson River is the fifth book in the Eden series. So excited for that one as well but i'll stick with those two um and then okay, if you want to know more if this piqued your interest we do have a post up on our page um and a recent episode talking about our most anticipated releases of 2023 so check those out oh my god that feels like a lifetime ago that we recorded those i forgot we even did that <laughs> it was last oh year um it was last year oh my god it was a whole year ago <laughs> okay what's a book that's been sitting on your like shelf for too long that you've wanted to read and you just haven't like picked up yet i have a couple of Kristen hannah books that have been on my shelf for a really long time firefly lane winter garden i think that's it but 
I would say those. I've been meaning to pick them up for ages. Those are good ones. People love Kristen Hanna, too, so they're probably amazing. Mm-hmm. I actually read Firefly Lane. I didn't care for it, but okay. I'm a, that's a very unpopular opinion. Like People <laughs> love that book. But also, I don't like sad books, so keep that in mind. Um, I'm looking at my bookshelf now, and... I think the one that's been sitting there the longest that I've actually tried to read a few few times and I just haven't been in the right place for it is The Last Housewife by Ashley Winstead. I've been wanting to read that for a while and I tried last spooky season and I just like couldn't. And I think it was just like a wrong, right book, wrong time moment. So I'm going to say that one has been sitting there for far too long and I want to get to. You know what we should do is save that for our one year episode. Okay. As like a, we come back to it because our first episode was yeah. In My Dreams I Hold a Knife no. by Ashley Winstead. Oh, let's do it. Okay. So stay tuned next October. <laughs> the last housewife. Can't wait. We're going to forget we said this. So it's fine. Literally um, remind us. I think that's everything. So let's get into the goods, the, the most awaited, most anticipated most sought after information that anyone could ever want. Yeah, no, I'm kind of nervous because a lot of people have asked for this. So I I hope it's helpful. Like I usually do with anything that we give advice on or recommend. So I just want to preface this by saying like, this is our experience with Bookstagram. These are things that worked for us. These are tips and maybe, you know, air quotes, tricks that that we've done. So what works for us might not work for you. Um, So just keep that in mind. But I think we should just start out. Yeah. Start out. Jess, what's the first thing that you should do when you yeah. want to start a bookstagram? So this is for the folks who have not started a bookstagram, right? So maybe you follow bookstagrammers or maybe you've been thinking about starting one for a while Um, these are our tips for you. So if you're just starting out, number one, this is like the best advice we could give you. So make sure you're listening. Just fucking do it. Just do it. Nike, baby. (laughs) (laughs) No, but seriously, I think you can, you can kind of psych yourself out by being like, oh no, I'm not creative enough or no, I, I don't know how or I people aren't going to follow me. Like it does not matter. Just start the account and start posting and thank yourself later. Totally agreed. And just to backtrack a little, little bit, if you do not know what Bookstagram is, when we talk about this, you've probably heard of Instagram, social media platform. It's literally just a community on Instagram. So it's it's just an Instagram account, but people refer to it as Bookstagram because we just talk about books. Yeah. Um, but I totally agree with Jess. Just just do it. Just make an account. Um, and my piece of advice for you once you decide to do it is to pick a pick a name, pick a username. And I would make sure it's something that has to do with reading or books. So I'm booked with Emily. Jess's read reviews by Jess. So you can kind of tell by our username that it might be related to books or, you know, some sort of interest in that area. So I would definitely recommend picking a username with books or, you know, some sort of reading language in there. Um, 
And then I would set up an email dedicated to Bookstagram as well. So something similar to your username. Mine is exactly the same as my username. Um, but I think that'll keep you really organized and tidy whenever you're maybe reaching out to publishers or anything like that, which we'll get to later. But those are my first two tips. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then my tip tacking on to that is as soon as you make your account, and if you already have an account and you don't have this, please turn on two-factor authentication. Um, this is just a way to keep your account safe. I've heard so many horror stories of people um, losing their accounts when they've had like a decent amount of followers or they've been on there for years because they don't have two-factor authentication on. Um, and this is just strictly for security's sake. It doesn't do anything other than protect protect yeah she actually <laughs> set mine up for me because i had yes. no idea what it was very so. important so thankful um yes. our next tip on here is to choose aesthetic choose an aesthetic or or a vibe for your page right so do you want to do a combination of things right do you want to do reviews and releases and talk about all of the book related things are you strictly reviews are you x y and z Go into it with an idea of what you want to post. That can always change at a later date, but it's good to have an idea of like what vibe you want to give off. And then in terms of aesthetic, um, I mean, you don't have to do this. This is optional, but everybody likes a nice aesthetic looking feed these days. Jess and I both, it's like almost picking out a wedding photographer, right? Like, yeah. do you kind of like those timeless, bright and airy photos or do you like the moodier photos? So Jess and I both, I think, lean towards the bright, clean, white look. Like, we just really like a crisp edit on a picture. So I think going into it, maybe find an edit or a style that you like so all of your pictures look really cohesive and pretty. Again, you do not have to do this. Yeah. It, you know, like some people get so, so carried away with it. And it looks beautiful, but I can only imagine the work that goes into it. And other people literally don't put a filter on it, anything. Take a picture, upload it, and it's it's done. So it's totally up to you, but I think it'll help your profile stand out a little bit. Um, or if you post a picture, someone might be able to recognize right away, like, oh, that looks like Emily's page, or oh, that looks like Jess's page. Yeah, totally. Um, and then our next tip here is in your first post, introduce yourself, introduce your page. We'll get into this in a little bit, but part of a large part of Bookstagram is forming relationships and sort of like community. So, um, it's always nice to know who's behind the account. It doesn't mean you have to plaster up your face on Bookstagram. If you don't want to do that, don't do that. But introduce yourself. You know, where do you live? Not your exact address. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's your social security number? <laughs> yeah, no. definitely don't do that. But, um, so I guess kind of the last tidbit or helpful piece of information we have when you're literally just starting day one, you make your account is just to start following people, start following other bookstagram accounts. Um, if you're joining bookstagram, chances are you probably you followed someone or saw someone else have it. So if you're listening to this podcast, go to my page, go to Jess's page, look through our followers, look who the people we follow, and just start following people who you think you can relate to based on their posts, based on do you like the aesthetic of their feed, and then start engaging, you know, comment on their photos, slide into their DMs. Hey, I'm new to Bookstub, love your account. I mean, that's all it really takes to strike up a conversation. So I just think engage, engage, engage. 
Yeah. So those are our tips. Um, if you're just starting out on Bookstagram, if you haven't made your account or if you just did, um, I think those are our top things that you should probably try and do. Um, but now we're going to get into kind of tips just in general for any bookstagrammer out there. Um, whether you've had your page for a while or you've had, you have a ton of followers or you have not a ton or you're trying to grow or you just want tips on how the hell bookstagram works. Um, this is for you. Number one, we are not like saying this is the only way Emily talked about this. This is not the only way to grow on bookstagram or to make friends or to to do whatever this is just one of the ways and it's kind of like what has worked for emily and i so yeah before we get into that um i guess we should kind of give some background on our bookstagram journeys just to, like our credentials so we we can <laughs> we call you can Booked know that emily we qualify podcaster yeah <laughs> yeah Um, Okay, no, that's fair. So I actually just came up on my two-year Booksta anniversary. So I started on Bookstagram about two years ago. I, on my personal page, had come across um, a Bookstagram account on the Explore page, and I cannot for the life of me remember who it was. Um, I'm going to go back and look, actually. But I followed her for a while, and I loved it. I was in my reading era. Like, I was getting back into it. I read, read, read all the time. No one wanted to listen to me talk about books in real life. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make an account too. Like I literally remember having my sister take my my picture for me for my very first Aww. picture that I put on Bookstagram. Um, I have almost, I think, 19,000 followers. Um, and I don't know. That's about it. We'll get into things that have worked for us. But yeah. that's about it for for now, my first post actually was a meet the Bookstagram where like, I did introduce myself. It was I, I don't shy away from plastering my face all over my Bookstagram account. <laughs> so I think my journey was really similar. I also started in January of 2021. Um, I did not know Bookstagram was a thing at all when I started. Like, I genuinely had no idea. Um, so my first post was literally just a review of a book because my intent of this Instagram account was to post reviews of books that I read and enjoyed for myself. What book <laughs> it was, was honestly, it? Um, it was You Are Not Alone by Sarah Pickenin and Greer Hendricks. Oh. Um, and yeah, so I I posted that and I posted more books because I was like, this is for me to look back on and know like whether I liked a book or not because I started reading more and I was just like, wait, did I read this? Did I like it? And I was just getting confused. So yeah. that's kind of how I landed in Bookstagram. So my first post was not introducing myself, um, but I took a break from Bookstagram in June of 2021 joined back on in January of 2022 and have been going steady for uh, a year. So um, I have experienced a lot of growth on Bookstagram really quickly, I would say. I'm almost to 48,000 followers, which I still don't really understand. We got a famous Bookstagram on our hands. I hate when people say that. Um, (laughs) I am just a little, a wee little lad. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's kind of it for me. But we're gonna just give you all of our tips for how to, I guess, grow your account if that's what you want to do. Um, my biggest tips for when anybody asks me this, it it's kind of like a combination of several things. So 
I think the biggest and probably the most important is community building, relationship building, and engagement, right? So the way you're going to get followers uh-huh. in the beginning is by following other people, engaging with their stuff, sliding into their DMs, and really trying and putting in an effort to build relationships. Um, and with that, you're kind of going to get like a trickle down effect where it's like, you reach out, you follow them, you engage with their stuff, you share their stuff, they share your stuff. Then it kind of like the cycle repeats itself and you start it with someone else and then they share it with their followers and it just kind of expands that way. Um, so, I yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Anything to add? Nope, I think that's a really good point. Just, you know, engage with people and, and make friends. Make fr- I mean, Joss and I met on Bookstagram and now we're best friends. So I think you can, like, you know, develop really genuine friendships. And I think that's a cool part of the community, too. Not even to grow, but seriously, just meet people that you may never have met otherwise. So definitely community building and engagement. Um, I think another tip would be to stay with the trends. Honestly, some people have really negative feedback about this. But I think that that works if you want to gain followers, yeah. know what the people want to see and share that. But I think Jess has said this before, be authentic to yourself. Do not just post that you love Colleen Hoover because she's trending right now. If you don't, don't share that. But I think that it's okay to be aware of what people want to see and what is really popular and what's hyped up on Book Talk and Bookstagram. And if that is true to you, then I think that you should share that. So I think that's a, a helpful yeah, know tip too. Just kind of know what's trending right now. Try and get in front of the trends if you can. Um, And I think the easiest way to do that, honestly, is to be on BookTok. You don't have to, like, actually have an account and, like, make – be a BookTalker, but to follow what's going on on BookTok because TikTok is always light years ahead of Instagram. So I think that's a great way to kind of stay ahead of the trends is to be on TikTok. Yeah, agreed. And speaking of TikTok, I think the next thing – that I would recommend, and I really can't speak on this because I don't do it. But yeah, reels. so Instagram so reels, reels is, <laughs> was created to compete with TikTok, um, and Instagram pushes reels really hard. That's why it now they now show up in your feed um, when before it was like kind of like a separate section of the app, and um, a lot of creators get paid to post reels. Um, I personally benefit from reels bonuses. They're not a lot. Um, and they're based on views, but I mean, Instagram really pushes them. They're literally paying creators to make reels so they can take from TikTok. So, um, I think it's easier to also go viral with reels. So keep that in mind. Um, and I also like, if you don't like reels, like Emily doesn't do reels. If that's not your thing, don't do it. I personally really enjoy reels. I think I'd rather post reels than in feed posts just because I don't know. I find joy in them. Um, But if that's not your thing, you definitely do not have to do that. Yeah, totally agree. Jess has seen major success with reels and her reels are really funny. She's very creative with them. I, like she said, I don't find joy in making them and I have tried to make them and I do not see the views that other people see. So By us saying to make reels, that does not guarantee that you're going to get, you know, thousands of views and you're going to grow a lot because it is just, it it depends. But I definitely see Instagram leaning more into reels in in the future and even now, really. I think it's definitely like a consistencies game, right? So I can have 
a reel that's that gets 40,000 views and I can have a reel that gets 2,000 views, right? It's you're never always going to always going to see consistency in your engagement and in the algorithm, which is something we'll talk about later on. Um, yeah, I agree. I think our next tip here is posting consistently like that leads us nicely here. I think it's really important to post in a way that your followers don't forget who you are. Right. Um, but also in a way that's like, if I want to post monthly, like they can expect monthly from me. It's kind of like a commitment to like, to your followers and to yourself. But I think it's also a way to, to, to get your name out there. I agree. I think that there's some accounts that I can count on at 8 PM. I know they're going to post. That's just, I see their posts at 8 PM show up or, I know who I'm going to see as soon as I open my bookstagram app. Like, I know whose post I'm going to see. So I think that is a good point. I think that it's a way to kind of definitely, like, not own that time slot, but you definitely are well-known for posting at that time. But I also know people who just post their monthly wrap-ups. You know, at the end of every month, I just get that's what they read that month. Um, But I do see more growth with posting consistently. Jess and I both talked about how we did take a step back from bookstagram for several months. Like, what, five Five, six, six months. months. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so during that time, we weren't posting at all. So thankfully, I mean, I personally didn't lose a ton of followers, but like you definitely do lose that engagement. It takes a while when you come back to st- like people start seeing your posts again because you've stepped away for so long. Um, so I think that's a really good tip. And then the next one, I would say, and this is not necessary at all, guys, like, but giveaways. Jess and I have done giveaways and we have seen a lot of success in giveaways. I mean, it's you're going to get what you give, though. You know, we do pretty nice giveaways, in my opinion, where we'll offer maybe like a Kindle or a $100 gift card or we'll collab with other accounts on Instagram and you share posts, you're tagging people. And so people are following you for a chance to win that giveaway. But again, you're spending money now to basically gain followers <laughs> But I think that it it does work if that's what you're looking for. But I also think it's also, like, a way to give back to your followers who, like, follow you as, like, a thank you. Like, hey, thanks for being here with me. Like, here's a chance to win a Kindle or a book, you know. But I think giveaways are a a good way to get your account out there. Yeah. I think when we both started Bookstagram, giveaways were so frequent, right? Like, it was, like, you you did a giveaway when you hit 500 (laughs) followers, when you hit 1,000, when you hit 50, you know. You did a giveaway at every follower milestone that you could imagine. And I think a lot of bookstagrammers still do that. Um, But I think now uh, my biggest recommendation when you're doing a giveaway is to partner with someone else. I think you'll see the most growth from that. Um, Partner with like two, partner with like one other person or two other people. I think when you start to fall, like partner with like, six or seven people then it's just like not worth it for the people entering the giveaway because it's like okay now I have to follow seven people for the chance to win one book like and they're competing with everybody else's followers too so um but yeah I think when you can partner with another person and kind of you can both capitalize on each other's following um I think that is key to a successful giveaway 
Agreed. And one last thing I want to say, just to come back on this, there is nothing wrong with doing a giveaway where you're giving a book away. Oh, yeah. I entered one today. You don't have to give away a Kindle or a $100 gift card. I love winning books. So there's nothing wrong with that either. I was just saying the higher ticket items, probably more people will enter because it, they, you know, it's a chance to win something they don't have to spend money on. So whatever you want to do, I mean, I've given away $5 gift cards to Starbucks. Yeah. So. It's just it's just a way to kind of, again, get that engagement and get your name out there. But not necessary at all. Save your money if you don't want to do that. 10 out of 10 recommend. Agree. I think the last kind of call out here is that a large portion of my success on Bookstagram has been luck. I have had a lot of luck by chance with some Colleen Hoover posts that I did that just happened Um, I was reading Ugly Love. I posted about Ugly Love and uh, that post went viral um, because it was kind of like right thing at the right time. Um, And a couple other like reels of mine did really well, but all of it was really Colleen Hoover related and that just happened for me. So I think that's what it is. So that's why I hate when people are like, oh my God, you're famous or like, I feel I it like warms my heart, but some people will like dm me and then i'll respond and they'll be like oh my god i can't believe you're responding right now like i i love your account like and i'm just like oh my god please i'm just like a little peasant (laughs) do not feel that way about me (laughs) no you deserve all your followers i don't think so post funny things You do. And I'm not, I'll be your voice of reason. Yeah, you be my voice of reason. You little peasant. No, I'm just kidding. Literally, I'm going to change my handle to little peasant. Read reviews with the peasant. (laughs) Um, I think, though, talking about luck, though, that does go into our next topic, which is engagement. And I think that the Instagram algorithm, so who sees your account, who sees your post, you know, who is interacting with you, I think that genuinely all goes back to luck. Like, a perfect example, I posted something last night, over a 1,000 likes. I posted something this morning. I have 200 likes Mm -hmm. on it. Like, I did nothing different. They were both authentic posts. I thought they were both good posts. You know, they were about books. And people just didn't see my post today. And I didn't I didn't do anything different. I didn't use hashtags on one and hashtags on the other. It just totally comes down to the Instagram algorithm. algorithm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think goes back to luck again. And it, that happens whether you have a hundred followers, a thousand followers, twenty thousand followers, or fifty thousand followers. It just it's so out of your control. I agree. I think when I first started, and this is like I think really worthy of a call out because if you're doing this, you are not alone. When I first started Bookstagram, I after I like f- realized it was a thing and I started gaining followers, I was like, oh my god, um, I need to like really think this through. So I'm like researching what hashtags to use researching what time of day is what time of day is best to post what day is best to post um like all of that stuff but honestly like it doesn't matter it really just does not matter um it changes consistently what what instagram is choosing to serve people so i don't think you need to spend hours and stress about like oh my god it's 2 p.m i have to do my post for today like just do what you can and do what what you want to do. 
I totally attest to that. I did the same thing. I mean, there's literally charts and graphs yeah. online that'll tell you like peak times to post on Instagram. And I'd be lying if I still don't say I still don't look at those sometimes. I mean, I do. I, I want my posts to be seen. I work hard on them. However, I swear I see the most engagement with my post that I just randomly post at a random time of the day. If I try and pick a time that I think most people are going to be online, they don't do as well. So I think just to go back to Jess's point, post when you want to post. Like, I'm, you know, if you post at 3 a.m., I don't know if you're going to, like, most people might be sleeping. Honestly, though, it might be on the top of people's feet when they wake up. There's just no, there's no science to it. And even if you are, like, referencing those charts and graphs that they have online, literally everybody else who is trying to grow their account is referencing the same charts and graphs. So it's kind of just, like, just a dumb cycle. It is. Like, this is just an example. So, Jess... Uh, your posts always show up on my page because I think we interact a lot. But the past two days, I literally was just going to the bathroom and I was on my phone and I went on Friends with Books and both of your reels were on there, like on that Instagram page. I didn't see either of them, though, on my Ugh. page. Do you know what I mean? Black-listed. Your two reels? I haven't seen them. So I think that just goes to show for someone I interact with every day on that app, like their posts consistently, Instagram just decides, no, fuck you, Jess. I'm not going to show them to Emily. That's so rude. Like, it just, I know, right? We should write a letter. I think it's fun. Honestly. Yeah, you guys, it just makes no sense. That's our biggest advice. <laughs> and like, don't get, don't yeah. get discouraged if you are posting and you're like okay I, my posts are getting shit likes or nobody's commenting nobody's seeing them whatever it may be like that is happening to everyone as someone who has a decent amount of followers like sometimes I can post and literally get 300 likes like I have 48,000 followers and I'm getting 300 likes I don't know how many people are seeing it because I don't check because I it does affect your mental health um, it makes you it feel does, like shit. 100%. Um, so I try not to check and I actually turn my legs off, but doesn't stop me from checking still. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just going to say it's happening to everyone, no matter how many followers you have. And there's a reason why every single person hides their yep. like count now, because it's a humbling experience at times. It really is. So but anyways, yeah. Moving on, just know if you get discouraged, fine. It's normal. You're not alone. You're not alone in getting a little amount of likes either. It's bound to happen. And then the next week, you might ride the wave where you're getting thousands and thousands of likes. So just keep that in mind. Um, But I I think moving on from that topic, if Jess is ready, she just looked at me like, don't, don't, don't. No, I looked at you because I was going to say, and now we're going to talk about just things that you really should know um as a bookstagrammer yes um and these are ranging from like our content tips to like how to get arcs to what the fuck ever so i think like the most on other than like how do i grow on bookstagram how did you get that arc or how did you get a copy of that book is like my second most asked question um so we're gonna tell you Uh um real quick an arc is an advanced reader copy so it's a book that has not been published yet um so you're reading it before basically anyone else can read it just so you know because i did not know what that stood for when i first started yeah. bookstagram i'm like what are these arcs everyone's yeah. talking so about so they're usually called arcs <laughs> now but sometimes you'll hear publishers call them galleys i think that's like an outdated term um but advanced reader copies the 
There are two main ways, I think, or three main ways that you can get an arc. Number one, um, do you want to talk about NetGalley? Yeah, yeah. So NetGalley is uh, basically an online platform for authors to put their books on and publishing houses to put books on that are going to be released in the near future. And anyone really can go make an account and go through an online library and read the description, see the cover. And if they think it appeals to them, they can request a copy of it. So if you want to make an account, just go to NetGalley, make an account. You got a link, um, like an email so they can send you because most of the ARCs are going to be like um, electronic books. So you need to have like a Kindle email set up. But my biggest tip with NetGalley is you could really get yourself in trouble with NetGalley. When I first started, oh. I made a NetGalley account. <laughs> fucking disgusting. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I didn't think it would be that. Okay. Well, when you make a NetGalley account, you just, like, get a power high and you just literally, like, request every single book on the website. And a lot of them are going to be approved. And before you know it, you're going to have 20 arcs that you need to read and the reason you need to read them is because these publishers and authors aren't just giving you these books for fun they're using it for publicity they're using it for marketing you need to read them and review them and if you don't review them it's like getting an f on a report card and they will remember that and they will not give you advanced reader copies in the future so i think my biggest advice would just be be selective when you're going through NetGalley. Only request books that you truly want to read. Don't just request things so you can say you got an ARC because it's taking away the opportunity, too, from someone else who might genuinely want to read that. Yeah. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. But I think it's a great, great resource to get advanced reader copies and probably the most popular way to do so. I agree. Yeah, a lot of publishing houses um have limited physical copies of ARCs. So the best way to get an an ARC is to get an e-copy, and that's typically done through NetGalley. Um, and I am in the same boat as Emily. When I first started Bookstagram and I logged on to NetGalley, I was requesting books, bitch. I was requesting so many Everything. books. Um, and publishers, when they're looking at your NetGalley account, they can see, like, um, your response rate to books that you've received. Um, and the goal is for, or it's a, called a feedback ratio. The goal is to have an 80% feedback ratio. Um, yeah. So just keep that in mind. Don't go crazy requesting books. Um, the other ways that you can get an ARC are signing up for influencer programs through publishing houses. So I know Forever Publishing has one. I know Berkeley has one. I know Simon & Schuster, Gallery Books. All of those um, publishing houses have, like, influencer programs that you could be a part of. You sign up, and, like, monthly they'll send you a list of all of the ARCs they have available to request, and you request one, and then they ship them over to your house, or they'll send you the ebook if that's what they have available. A lot of indie authors also have influencer programs that you can join and sign up for, but most of the time they only give out ebooks. So just be mindful of that. Yeah. Real quick, though, don't sleep on ebooks. When I first started Bookstagram, I did not want an ebook. I just thought I was so much cooler than that. I wanted a physical copy because it was so cool that I had like a physical copy in my hand. Ebooks? 
you'll learn to love them, okay? You will run out of space on a shelf. You will not be able to put them anywhere. And you read a lot more faster and conveniently with an ebook. So do not sleep on ebooks. Okay. Is another piece of advice. Okay. Thank you for that piece of advice. <laughs> um, You're welcome. The third way to get an ARC is by emailing publishers. Um, you can Google publicity contacts at publishing houses and send an email requesting a specific arc. Um, if you're going to do that, try and like plead your case kind of is what I would recommend. Like you can look up templated emails online of like how to request an arc from a publisher and you can find emails there. Um, really like my best advice is to give some insight into who you are, introduce yourself, say this is what my audience is like. Um, this is what I post about. These are the books I enjoy um, and give some metrics to your account if you can. Yeah, agreed. And if you guys get stuck on this genuinely, like feel free to slide into my DMs and I will like send you the template that I use. Because when I was first starting out, someone did that for me. I had no idea what to include. And mine's a pretty standard email template that I'll send and I'll kind of just like replace the author and the book and update like Jess said like my stats you know like my followers and my likes and everything so honestly like if you guys get stuck feel free to to slide into my dms and ask and I will be happy to help you come up with an email to um like email publishers and authors and yeah, stuff same um I also have a media kit so this is I actually send this instead of just like putting the stats in the email, but it's literally just like kind of like an about me and it has all of the stats of my followers, um, some of the, you know, books that I've received before or brands that I've worked with before. And I just send that in an email when I'm requesting an ARC. Um, so if you want tips on how to make a media kit, also help. happy to help there. I'm supposed to teach Emily anyway, so I might as well just record it. <laughs> Honestly, I was just going to say, Jess, like, uh, you still need to make me mine, actually. I do not have a media kit, um, but I'm going to have one shortly because I'm not going to let Jess forget about it. Um, So I guess moving on to some content tips. So if you're ever struggling and you kind of get into like a creative funk, which I think is very common. It happens to me. I'm like, you know, I just don't even know what to post. Like, I don't I don't know. I think that challenges are such a good way to just put something on your page and engage with people. And book challenges are a dime a dozen on Bookstagram. Honest to God, you could search any hashtag bookish challenge and you'll get a ton of them. And it's typically like what we did at the beginning of this episode. So someone just comes up with bookish questions and you answer them or Someone will ask, you know, there's one going around, Jess did it, and it's like 12 books by 12 friends, where she had 12 people recommend 12 books to read this year. So I just think that's if you're ever in a slump, that's a great way just to be active and get people to um, engage with you. Yeah, Um, I think a great person to look at their account if you're looking for a bookish challenge is sorry i'm booked up she is like the challenge queen i knew you were gonna yeah, say her. she is like the challenge queen so if you're ever like i want to do a bookstagram challenge go look at her account and look what look at what she's tagged into and you'll find something good there but i think to mitigate any sort of like creative funk or like i don't know what to post next um my biggest tip is to have like a running list on your phone of things that you want to do in the future so i have a note in my notes app on my iphone and it just is like literally kind of like a to-do list and it's like I want to do a reel on books that make me laugh or on my favorite authors or x y and z and it's just a running list so when I'm feeling like 
what do I post next? I go to that list and I kind of pick something off and it just makes my life so much easier. Yep, totally agree. Don't even have anything to add. I do the same exact thing. Um, I think that another tip and maybe creating content is take inspiration from other people. I mean, there are so many people on Bookstagram who are incredibly creative and post beautiful pictures and great content. And so I, I use other people as inspiration, you know, all the time. Um, I think give credit where credit's due if you can, you know, if you're copying someone's exact picture, you know, definitely credit them in your caption or just say like, hey, like, I'm, I love this picture, going to use it. You know what I mean? I don't necessarily think that you need to ask someone permission. As soon as it's on the internet, I think it's kind of free game. But I think be respectful. I think put yourself in someone else's shoes if they're working really hard on their posts and, you know, gaining engagement and you like it enough to want to use it. Definitely just give credit where credit's due, but don't be afraid to to go off other people's content as well yeah i think it's fine (laughs) i think you guys at the end of the day there's only so much creativity you can have when reviewing a book or when running your bookstagram account right like we're all constantly pulling inspiration from each other whether it's the structure of how we are writing our reviews or the type of you know graphic that we're using like i do my books um my book reviews and they have like arrows coming off of it with descriptions of the book and like before i started doing that i was seeing that everywhere and so i started doing it i couldn't tell you who the first person who did that was to credit them um and so i just think my biggest advice is like don't be afraid that you're going to be stealing someone else's idea and also don't be pissed off at other people for um if, if you're in the situation for doing something similar to something that you've done, I think assume the best intent. Maybe they didn't see it, you know, maybe they had the same idea and you just got to it first. It doesn't discredit um, what someone else is doing. But I think if you know that you're actually pulling inspiration for someone, it's always nice to give them credit. Yeah. And I think that goes back to kind of the community aspect. You know, you want to build nice relationships with people just because I think Bookstagram is like a close-knit community. But I agree with everything Jess said. No one owns Instagram. No one owns Bookstagram. No one owns a book review or how you do it. So just do what you want to do. And if someone comes at you, you Tell me and Jess. We'll, we'll get them. Not do. We'll not do anything about it, but we'll talk shit on them. Yeah. No, Emily. If anyone was going to do something about it, it would be Emily. I would just be like, "Oh my god, let's get them," and then I would do nothing because I'm afraid of confrontation. <laughs> she sure is. We have a funny story about that, but that's for another another day. Polycon. Um, and I think that um, kind of this kind of goes hand in hand with like, don't be afraid to try new things if you. I've been doing your reviews for a while and you're just not feeling inspired um, by how you're doing them, feel free to switch it up. I think if you see a challenge for like movies or something, like don't be afraid to adapt that to books and pull inspiration from that too. Like I just think try, try new things and if they work, they work. If they don't, they don't Um, and just kind of go with it. Yeah, I think that's a great tip. Um, The last thing we have here and I kind of touched on it is like I said, sometimes I take a step back and I think, okay, like, what would I want to see, you know, as a reader? Um, and I use that as inspiration for myself sometimes. I, I just try and post what I think other people would see. So I'm sure there's a lot of ways other people create their content, but those are just a few off the top of our head that that works for us and things that we've done, whether we're in a slump or just trying to come up with content. 
Um, so a few good tips for you. Yeah. Okay. Now is the fun part of Bookstagram. This is like creating yes. your posts, right? So we've got some really good tips here to help you formulate your posts. And yeah, let's dive in. So the first tip that I have is if you're doing a review or if you're doing anything, write notes on it. Like as I'm reading a book, I'm always jotting down jotting down notes on like my thoughts or things that happened just so when I go to do my review, I can look back on that note and it's just easier because a lot of the time I don't do my reviews for like weeks after I've written the read the book. Gosh, I'm writing books now. Who knew? Um, and just having that, <laughs> not me, <laughs> having that note makes it easier to pull from. Yeah. Again, I totally agree. I do the same thing. I, I jot things down and then typically I'll go back and I'll be like, what does this word mean? <laughs> Why, <laughs> Why did, did I, I say write this? That? Yeah. Yeah, but I think that's a great tip. Um, I think another really good tip, if, again, you want to spend money, I think whether you're creating reels or just taking pictures is to buy a tripod. You can get them on Amazon for so, so cheap. I actually don't have a tripod because my husband takes all of my pictures <laughs> and I can't take myself. But sometimes he's not home and I wish I had one. So I should invest one myself, to be honest. But yeah. Jess can speak more on the reels, but I think she uses hers a lot when she makes reels. Yeah, I think a tripod is really valuable for reels, especially just because if I asked my husband to stand there and hold my phone for as long as it takes me to make a reel, <laughs> he would probably divorce me. Um, but I definitely see the benefit, too, if if. If you're taking content photos on your own, definitely invest in a tripod. It just makes it easier, makes it sturdier, um, and keeps things consistent. I think our next tip is Agreed. kind of a slew of them, actually. These are some of the apps that we found really helpful um, during our time on Bookstagram. So for editing your photos, I think the top ones that you'll probably see us use are Canva. That's how I make all of my arrow graphics. That's how Emily makes the graphics on her page for like her anticipated releases and her ranking systems. Um, and it's just a really like if you know nothing about graphic design, you can go on Canva um, and you can become a graphic designer, essentially. Um, yeah. They have pre-built templates. They have literally anything that you could hope for. And um, it's free. You can use it for free or you can pay for a membership, which just unlocks um, some additional like elements and templates and stuff like that. But you can use it for free. Yeah. No, I love Canva. I use it a lot, like she said. So I, I think it's becoming a really popular app on books to actually just as kind of trends change and everything. Um, and the best part about it is, like she said, it's mm -hmm. free. Um, a couple more, Lightroom and Facetune. They're both editing apps. So Lightroom, that's where you could upload, um, like your presets. So if you want that light and airy feel, that's where you can kind of edit your photos, change the saturation, the brightness, the colors of them. You can buy presets online from Etsy, or if you have a favorite blogger that you really like and they have presets, you can upload them into Lightroom. I think every bookstagrammer and instagrammer uses lightroom again mm -hmm. it's free and then i don't know if a lot of people use facetune a lot of people use facetune to like edit their bodies and you know like stuff like that i take a lot of pictures on like using my comforters or sheets and i don't like when they're wrinkled so i will use facetune to smooth out the the wrinkles so that's why i use facetune but again it's free and you could pay for it but i think that's really if you like want to start like 
really editing yourself, but I just use the free version and I really recommend that as well. Yeah, I don't use Facetune, but I use Lightroom and that's all I that's what I use to edit my photos. I think having a preset saves you so much time, right? So it helps your feed look consistent and it's literally like you upload your picture to Lightroom, you click the preset and then you're done. Um, And like Emily said, you can get them off Etsy. That's where I got mine. If you want to link to mine, I'm happy to send it and share it with you as well. Um, The next two apps are for editing reels. Um, So VN and CapCut are two different apps, but um, really I think... You can edit reels within the Instagram platform, and a lot of the time that's what I do depending on the reel. Instagram is really finicky with a lot of like the details and how you split clips and how you trim them and all of that stuff, and VN and CapCut make it a lot easier to do that. Um, so it's just an, an additional step, but if you're already recording just in your camera and not in the Instagram app, um, I definitely recommend checking those two out. And then the preview app is like a lifesaver. If you're really wanting to have a consistent feed um, and you want to see what a post looks like on your feed before you post it, you can download the preview app. It syncs with your Instagram. It'll pull in all of your posts that you have up there already. And then you can upload new photos that aren't posted yet to see what they look like. Yeah, I use the preview app a lot. If you know anything about me, I have I'm very, very particular. I like things to look consistent. So I will play around in the preview app all the time just to make sure I like how one picture looks next to the other picture. Um, So I think that's a great resource. Another really popular app is Goodreads. And that's basically just kind of like an online tracking system for books you read, books you want to read. I don't know. You can connect with other people. You can track your progress, what page you're on in a book. Um, So I use that a lot to track the books excuse me, that I read throughout the year. You just create an account. And I think it's really nice, too. That's the um, app that a lot of people use to count the books that they've read. So if you're kind of curious how many books read your books, you how many? Oh, my God. What the hell? I've been talking too much. How many books you've read a year? You can keep track on Goodreads. Yeah. Also, just a note on Goodreads, too. Um, a lot of the time when you're requesting ARCs or especially through NetGalley, um, they'll ask you to post your review on Goodreads as well. So it's just nice to have a Goodreads account um, for consistency. And you can post. You can also, this is a tidbit about Goodreads. If you don't know, they do giveaways all of the time on Goodreads. Um, it's like in a separate tab. But a lot of ARCs are given away, a lot of already published copies. Um, so I would definitely check that out. It takes a lot to win, but once you win, I swear something's wrong with like their algorithm or their code where it's like you win once and then you'll win five times in a row and then you'll never win again. <laughs> that's been my experience and that's been I know several people who have had the same experience. <laughs> that is good. That's a tip for me. I've never entered a, a good. I've seen them, but I'm always like, what are the chances of winning? And I never enter them. Um. So moving on, this is an app that I use. It's not an app, actually. It's a website. It's called FancyFonts.com. So if you follow me on my bookstagram or if you follow our pod Instagram, I write our captions and I change some of the words to be fancier or bolder. Um, So I use Fancy Fonts. It changes your fonts. Yeah, but she will recommend you actually not do that. That is true. Thank you for calling that out. 
If you're going to do it, you really got to commit. Well, you know, no, you can change it if you want. Like I said, I'm very particular about my account, though. So I started it in 2021, and I just have kept it consistent because I don't want to change it at this point. But if you read my reviews, they all share, like, the same font. And I don't know. It's it's kind of crazy, to be honest. Don't recommend starting it unless you're okay with <laughs> Stop Stop doing it later down the road. Um, so my next tip here is batching content. So when I'm saying this, I typically will have a day where I will just take a bunch of pictures of books, books that I see myself reading in the future, books that are scheduled for the podcast or buddy reads or whatever it may be. Um, or I'll take pictures of like or I'll do like a couple bookish challenges or um, a couple reels that I'll knock out. And I try to do it all in one day. That way I kind of have like a library of content on my phone that I can pick and choose from. And then I'll write my captions at a later date. Um, I know a lot of people who will do it all at once, right? So they'll take a bunch of pictures and write all their captions in like one day and then schedule the post. I don't do all of that because usually once I'm done taking all the photos and videos, I'm pooped. Um, But it's just another way to kind of make things easier. That way, again, if you're ever like lacking ideas on what to post, you have like a small library of things to choose from. Yes, I think that is a great tip. I do not do that. I really just fly by the seat of my pants and take pictures whenever I'm in the mood to post. But I think that is a very, very helpful tip. So if you're listening to Jess and taking notes, I would definitely do that one. Listen Um, to me. Yes, listen to her, especially with that tip (laughs) that I do not even do myself. (laughs) Um, The next tip that we have would be to tag people. So if you post a review, (laughs) what? To tag people. (laughs) Yeah, to tag people in your post. So if you post a review and you want to post the author, I say do it. I say if it's good, never tag an author in a review where you're bashing a book that is just so incredibly rude. But don't be afraid to tag the publishing house, the author, GMA Book Club, BuzzFeed Books, basically any sort of like reading platform there is. I think that you should share it or tag them. I've never had like any of my posts shared on any of those platforms, but I see a lot of times people who tag them religiously, you know, reads with reading with Jenna or reads with Jenna. Um, they'll reshare bookstagram accounts and that's so cool. Like that they have so many followers and your posts get reshared. So I think tagging people is a good way to get your content seen as well. Yeah, I agree. I got shared on Reading with Jenna's page one time and on Colleen Hoover's story twice. And I just added those things to my resume. And that's the life I live now. Those are my sole accomplishments. Um, But with the caveat to tagging people is only tag people who are relevant to this post, right? I think it's easy to like want to tag a larger bookstagrammer in your post just so like it shows up in their tagged photos um but that could be really frustrating so just only tag them if it's actually relevant um yeah that's my my caveat i agree uh yeah no i agree with that one i think the last one that we have there is to use hashtags which People say it works. People say it doesn't work. I don't know. Some posts, I'll do the hashtags, which is literally just like the shift pound key, you know, the number three. 
And you basically just type out anything you think relates to the book or just anything random, to be honest. So I'll do like yeah. hashtag bookstagram, hashtag book review, hashtag Colleen Hoover, just whatever you think. Sometimes I think it works. You can actually look at the insights on your photo and see like how much engagement you got from those hashtags. And sometimes mine is really good. And other times mine will be like zero people found this based on your hashtag. Yeah, you guys, let me just say like that is such a it's Instagram picks and chooses, right? I can use the same hashtags on every single post and sometimes it'll get picked up and a lot of people will see it and other times I'll get no views from hashtags. So it really just depends. Um, I also think <laughs> Instagram changes so much with hashtags and its recommendations. I just recently saw an article of how they only recommend you do three hashtags um, and, <laughs> and that <What>? seems wrong. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what's funny is when we started Bookstagram, everyone was like, use all 30 hashtags. You you need to count them, have 30 of them. Yeah. And now they're telling you three. Okay. Some I mean, that still makes say it easier. 30. I think my biggest advice for hashtagging and what to come up with is I try and do some that are really relevant to the book, right? So the book title, the author, the publishing house, any of the tropes that are in the book so small town romance enemies to lovers um and then like more broad more broad hashtags too so bookstagram books <laughs> bookshelf things like yeah. that so like a nice mix i always recommend but no, who the fuck they, knows if they work yeah you, you i know they don't work you, you, do, you don't know if they do actually <laughs> moving on we are going to talk about managing your own page so just like Again, just some general tips. We're trying to break it down. This will be easy when I go to make the guide to post, to be honest. But managing your own page, just some helpful tips. I think in your bio, it's really helpful to have a link tree or a link in bio, which is basically people can click it and it'll take you to all the links you want to share. So your Amazon wish list, or if you want to share your Goodreads account, if you have book of the month and you want to share the link to that. Um, so you can reference my account or Jess's account and see what I'm talking about there because I think it's easier to see than explain. Yeah, we actually use two different um, platforms for that. M uses Linktree and I use Linkbio. Um, I think both are great. So just whatever works for you. Um, next is your actual bio. So I think it's really important to have like this is your mini resume, right? This is what people can expect from your account. And if you're if you know what SEO is, like this is just another form of SEO where you can use whatever you're putting in your bio to attract people when they're searching for things, right? Um, so something catchy. I always like to see where people are from just because I'm always looking for local book friends. Um, but you don't have to do that if you don't want to. And some people do like their current read or whatever else um, in their bio. So it's it's really up to you. I think the next thing I would recommend, we both do this on our pages, is to save things to highlights. So if you go to my page, I just updated it. For example, I have a highlight with all my five-star reviews, four-star, three-star. I don't really review two-star books, but those are – so if you're looking for a quick, oh, what are Emily's five-star books, you can click on that and it'll show all my posts. So I think it's just a way to be, like, really organized to help your followers, just like a quick link into kind of, like, your reviews. It, it organizes it. And I am a pro of organization. So I think fan. that's amazing. I'm a fan of organization. Also a pro yeah. of it though. 
I um don't I honestly forget that highlights exist. Um and I'm actually not one that looks at other people's highlights very often. So Really? Um, yeah. Oh wow. I don't think I ever do that. Unless I'm look actually looking time. for something. Oh, well that's great. Yeah, you do look at them all the time because I remember a couple weeks ago you referenced something that was in my highlight and I was like, What are you talking about? No, yeah, I look at people's highlights. I think it's the easiest way. You go to someone's account or if I'm like, I know they reviewed this book, but I don't want to scroll through 100 posts. I'm like, oh, it's probably in their highlight that says reviews. <laughs> and then oh. I can find it really easily. So I think they're a really good resource. But again, what works for me might not work for you. So yeah, I, I maybe I'll do that. I just don't though. But anyways, well, I think just to just to touch on aesthetic again, we've talked about it literally so many times, like find a preset that works for you, find a vibe that works for you. But I think we haven't said it's okay to change your vibe. Jess and our, like mm. my page and her page looks completely different than it did two years ago. So oh I think gosh. it's totally fine. Yeah, it's totally fine to change it. Um, but again, I, I think that's something that'll make your profile stand out. Guys, I don't even want to talk about what my page looked like two years ago. <laughs> I was creeping on mine, too, and I was like, why did I think that, like, that was a good idea? I, why did yeah. I do that? Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Honestly, too, you guys, I used to stress out so much about, like, I don't even know if I want to say this, but, like, put so much effort into having my posts look different from each other like having variants in what i'm posting and now i literally just slap a book on a bed take a picture of it and do the graphics and set it off to go like i i would stress myself out so much so like this is my biggest tip do not sacrifice your mental health for bookstagram if you are doing something and you hate what you're doing stop doing it and try something else if you need to take a break take a break like this is not your job at the end of the day um and so you know, be good to yourself, be good to your mental health. That's all that's all that really matters at the end of I the totally day. I totally agree. Yeah. We just changed a lot over the past two years. What we did back then is not what we do now. I, I'm still very particular about what I post, so maybe I'm not the best person to to attest to this, but I do agree. If you need a break, I've done that. We both have done that. Take a step back. Unless you're getting paid a full time salary to do this, it is not worth sacrificing your mental health and happiness for. And I think a lot of people feel that way and have done the same exact thing. So it's totally normal. So it's a lot of work to, to, I don't know. I I think bookstagram can end up being a lot of work if you, if you let it consume you. So just be cognizant of that, I think. Okay. So I think that's the end of our tips and tricks for you guys. Um, there's a lot of information there, honestly. Again, I don't really know if we're qualified to be giving out this information, but it's just what's worked for us. Also, I think we said a lot of things that didn't work for us. And so (laughs) take that as you will. We hope that this was helpful. If you do decide to make a bookstagram, please message myself and Jess and let us know. I will gladly follow along on your journey and support your page because I think that's a lot of people who had more followers more followers than I did in the beginning. That's how I grew because they were willing to share me. So I think like we talked about, it's all about community and engagement. Um, but I don't really have anything else to give. I don't, That's all I got. Emily, what's our bookmark this yeah, week? Okay, I have one. What was, it's going to be a double bookmarked. Oh, so you, you have to answer both questions correctly. Okay. Okay. What was my very first post on Bookstagram? 
and what was Jess's very first post on Instagram. Yes. So if you want to be entered into a chance to win a book or a gift card or who the heck knows, slide into our DMs at Friends with Books Pod and tell us the answer to bookmarked. What was Emily's, my very first Instagram post, and what was Jess's very first Instagram post? That's a good one, Em. Excellent job. Thank you. Okay. Um, I guess we can say we're friends with Bookstagram. Is it friends with us? Depends on the day. If you like this episode and want to continue listening along and reading along with us, make sure you follow us on Instagram at friends with books pod, where we will announce all of our upcoming buddy reads and our monthly schedule for what's kind of in store for the month. So check us out over there. But yep. in yeah. case you don't have Instagram or Bookstagram, next week we will be talking about All the Dangerous Things by Stacey Willingham. And the following week, the last episode of February, oh my God, January, Tessa Bailey is going to be on the pod. So that's what you have to look forward to um, the rest of the month. But like she said, if you like listening to us, make sure you subscribe to Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, whatever you listen to us and give us a rating, but only if it's a good one. Bye. See you later.